Until I met Katie Ladwig, I never, never thought about putting music and tarot together as a way that they complement each other. This woman is a master in tarot, inspiring in Reiki, and is just a delight to talk to. She has a hell of a story, and we actually didn't even get to all of it, but besides doing a live tarot reading on me that I really appreciate in the episode, I really want you to open your ears and open your hearts to Katie. She is here to serve others and help, and we really, really get into not identifying ourselves as healers, but understanding that we are just a true conduit for the creator we all come from to help each other out. So enjoy Katie. I sure did. Well, friends, today we have Katie Ladwig from Auric Violet Essence. She's located in Psyche and Soul in Wichita, Kansas. She has exceptional tarot skills that I am going to tell you about later in the show with my personal experience with her five deck reading. She um, is Reiki 2 practitioner. Yeah, Celtic Reiki. Yes, she does chakra balancing and also sound healing. You have quite the story. Thank you. Quite the story. Um, so I appreciate you just like right up front coming on to tell us. There are a lot of details that we're actually not going to share, which I feel is <laughs> super cliffhanger. Um, but when I met you, you literally just had such a bright light about you. And from personal experience and just knowing others, the ones that shine the brightest, I feel like have been through a lot of the darker things that, yeah, you know, we don't, we don't really want to discuss. Um, but I was so intrigued by your story when I met you just from meeting you at the Abundance Crystals event. That's yes. where I met the you. The Mini at. Mart. Yes, the Mini Mart. Um, you were doing tarot and I was vending my wonderful um, beginner crystals in uh, my clothing line that I do on the side. Uh, you bought something from me. You said, I do tarot. Do you want to trade? And I was like, music to my freaking ears. <laughs> and, you know, right before the event was up, I sat down. And um, I don't think that I've I've ever had the privilege of being in front of a fake reader. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know if you have. If you do, can you please tell me what it feels like? Because I usually feel when I when I meet people that um, I'm getting ready to sit in front of them, and I can feel that they are pulling from the same source that I am when okay. when I channel. So when I sat in front of you, I was like. Oh, there's people within like ear distance and I know like something's going to pop out on one of these cards already <laughs> and she's going to be like, uh, okay, like you didn't even see it coming because that's my favorite part about the cards is you don't necessarily like prejudge your clients by any means. But when you sit down, you're like, oh, you're probably here for a career. You're probably here for love, mm -hmm. you know, and then like the card pops out and you're like, whoa, didn't know we were going to go there today. Plot twist. Plot twist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I felt like that's what I was going to be for you when I sat in front of you. Um, but again, I can get into my reading later. Um, where to start with you? So obviously my favorite part about showcasing people, not just their businesses and how they serve humanity now, but um, you weren't always this person, right? You you probably grew up in a church somewhere. You probably mm -hmm. had different conditionings. Um, of course, yes. You know, programming from family, generational trauma, all yes. that fun stuff. All the same stuff that we all share. Um, <laughs> yeah, but there's, so there's a story that starts when you're 17 with a rosary that I actually think super oh, interesting. 
Yes. Um, so maybe just to put some context into the story, because I'm getting a little far ahead like I usually do. Um, can you talk to me about being in the church, leaving yeah. the church? Okay. So uh, I'm Katie. Hi, uh, Katie Ladwig, Orc Violet Essence. And <clears throat> when I was 17, I was at my dad's and I was in a relationship where I was looking at becoming Catholic. And um, he showed me his mother's rosary and said that while I was there, I could um, use and practice or, you know, look at this rosary. And so I started trying to put together what I had been learning and I started to feel in my, I'd say chest area, I started to feel like I could really almost touch someone I had never been around because my grandmother passed away before I was born so it's not I didn't have context with this person so that to me was just interesting but then you know moving forward I was in a relationship and I was I had I was pregnant and had preeclampsia I was driving down to my grandma's to clear my head and when I got down there a family member gave me a tarot deck and instantly, it was as if both of my hands started just vibrating. It was weird. It went up into my elbows from my hands into my elbows. And then um, as I would use them, I felt that my heart would race and that vibration would go up into my shoulders. And I recognized that my Christian upbringing, it was, I was not raised in a Christian home and being choosing to go to church at 14. That was my choice. So being putting myself in that and then having a tarot deck. But at that age, I mean, we all want to belong to something. And I think at that age, the safest, you think at the time, the safest place to go and what everybody else is doing is, oh, you go to church, you get a relationship with Jesus, mm -hmm. you do all these fun things. Yeah, and we how I got in was youth programs. Yeah. I mean same that, for me. Yeah. Bible so. <laughs> Bible camp, youth, Wednesday study groups, yes. multiple churches, not just one, two. Oh. Yeah. So I mean, I'm just relating to you right now. I'm like, oh dude, I get it. Yes. Like you're not alone. So yeah, um, so I was I felt that pull inside of thinking like, oh man, what is this really? Because I was getting not at that point I was not able to call it growth I was getting input that I had never received previously to this deck or being able to just and I enjoyed it and then when I came back from grandma's house I got around a situation where again I was in the church and felt afraid again you know that anxiety is it just like the fear? So obviously like tarot's not allowed in a church, right? Like they they demonize it. They say it's Satan mm -hmm. toying with you. It'll open, you yeah, know, so portals scared, to was... getting possessed. So obviously like those teachings, those core beliefs, I should say, that you're programmed with at the time, they're starting to be tested by tarot. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I had to look at it directly for what it was and what I believed it to be because I believed... I, just by touching the cards, I was going to hell. Like it was like a Ouija board type mm -hmm. thing. Like, oh, yes. I just opened up a portal. A demon's coming for me tonight. Yes. And I think it's so weird how all those got like thrown in together. <laughs> yes, I agree with you. So, um, yeah, I started reading. And then when I came home, I was back into a church situation. 
and then um, stayed away from the cards for a few years. And then when I got out of that relationship, I got a divorce, and I just decided that I was going to study whatever it was. And I read, I looked at the cards, but I kept all the information silent. I didn't even tell my family. Mm-hmm. I just, like, I did hey, what Katie, I did. Katie, what are you doing? And you're like, oh, just hanging out. <laughs> Reading books. Reading books. <laughs> just I, got the new Twilight series. Gonna, <laughs> gonna go ham. Yeah, yeah. So. No, I totally relate to this part so hard. <laughs> I remember keeping all of this in notebooks and folders and books and everything. Yes. And I mean, maybe there was like one or two friends that they're like, oh, you have a book on tarot. Right. But you know. Well, and while I was in the church, I kind of would freak people out around me because I would, for example, I was with my ex-husband. We were driving down the road and I turned to him and I said, what are you going to do when this tire flies off this car? And he looks at me, he goes, that's not. And then as soon as I had said that, the tire goes down the road. Is that because you were just driving along and like an image popped in your head of it happening? It just felt like this is happening mm-hmm. and this is a reality in which we're at. It's mm-hmm. happening. It wasn't like a, it wasn't something I saw. It was just something I knew. Mm-hmm. Just, it's going. And it scared him, scared me a little too. Other things like that along the way, which really before I was leaning into the tarot Mm -hmm. they were kind of like oh no how do you have these answers i would kind of freak people out so they back away because they don't understand which that's also something that i identify with um it's called clear cognizance and when you're a child with it everybody tells you that you're a little know-it-all and you can't possibly know that yeah um and i think that's one of the biggest reasons that a lot of um energy movers seers, wise women, people that can see, um, go a little more underground. Like usually you think, hey, I tapped into this like awesome, cool sense. Like I want to go out (laughs) and help people. But people are like, I don't, I, from my limited perception, cannot understand how you're able to know that. And Mm. I mean, I could tree branch with a million stories that I've had like that. So my heart goes out to you because I know how lonely you are in those moments where you're like, I don't know. I just know that I heard it in my head and I told you, um, which to me is the biggest and um, truest proof that we really are vessels, you know, yeah. conduits for stuff to channel through us. But okay, so Claire Cognizance comes in. Obviously, people from the church are like, whatever, right? You picked up, so you got the deck when you were 18, but you actually didn't start reading until you're about 33. Um, I was taking in the knowledge from mm-hmm. about 25 until 31. And then I chose to buy some decks because when I went down to grandma's, my first one was given to me. Mm-hmm. So then at that point I chose to buy multiple and just start hammering out. What does this mean? How does this energy? And I started looking at it more from an energy or a music i i was a flute player in high school so to me it the tarot reads like you know music does on a sheet tell me more (laughs) (laughs) okay music to my ears tarot and music together Yes. yes let's dance so the way that i see music is we drift through the melody And we change from sharps to flats to holes and all of the such to create our melody. And if you look at how the energy of the tarot goes, 
you can lay down one card, there's one note, and then the next card you lay down, well, that changes the energy slightly. So if you take an F and you make it an F sharp, you've changed the vibration of the melody. So that's how I view and when I clarify, which I do teach classes at Psych and Soul, and I can teach this more, you know, in person. But my example is if I have three cards out, or I have two cards out and I ask for three clarifiers and they go right in the middle. So you read it like a piano or a music score reading card to card to card and how the energy changes or works on each other or takes away from each other instead of going, this is the literal definition of the card Mm -hmm. because there's no intuition with that. That is, that's memorizing. Absolutely. But I will say just in general, um, I'm, like reading the legitimate um, definitions of the card is like the science behind tarot yes. for me. Like, okay, so I understand that, you know, the Knight of Cups actually means this as far as, you know, what was yeah. the, what am I trying to say? The, uh, the way they wrote the card or whatever. But your course. intuition obviously pulled it. Translates. To translate. So yeah. for me, um, and I just have a question that popped in my head really quick for you. So when I started doing it, obviously I did it based off the definitions. And then when I started trusting my intuition more, I started going off more. But I I read or read and watched multiple readers. Mm-hmm. So there would be some where, like I noticed more of my stronger suit was, I could tell what chakras you needed to work on based on what, like, card would drop right okay um and if like five cards dropped and there's yellow all over i'm like what (laughs) chakra do you think we're going to talk about right Mm -hmm. but i didn't pick up on that until i watched two or three readers just randomly that i'd pulled up on my for you page and they too intertwined that into the readings oh so that is another thing that broke me away from the generic part of being a tarot reader and really honing in on how how you read the cards and how they get the inner the information okay. to you yeah um and that popped up just because you're like oh i have a background in flute so if you played flute for that long i mean that musical chart is stuck in your head mm-hmm. and um we talked earlier how off the record um <laughs> our brains are receivers so mm-hmm. if they know that in your human perception even though it's limited to us but or to them, I should say, um, if music is a way that they can get to you, I think it's really, really cool that you were also able to tie in those notes into mm-hmm. how tarot, like, you're right, it does change the energy and everything that you do. So, long question, longer. Do you ever pick up on, um, like, colors, chakras? Yes. So, And how does that come to you, since I okay. just explained how it came to me? Well, um, to answer that question in fullness, I'll also have a long answer. Great. (laughs) So I begin with saying that understanding the uh, definitions of the cards is a great place to loosely hold on to. It's great to know, and you really should know those definitions too, because honestly, if somebody comes to you and they say, Here's a three of swords. Your guy's coming back. Your gal's coming back. That They're playing with you because that's a card of heartbreak. It's disaster and change. I also think it's weird when they tell you that someone's going to come back because they're reading you, not the other person's right. free will. <laughs> like I know that like when people go in for love readings and mm-hmm. all of that, like that's obviously what, what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. But if I, like if I had a reader tell me, 
like, oh, you have a lost love and they're coming back. I'd be like, are you telling me I just have codependency issues? <laughs> because I didn't come to this reading for a long lost love. Well, and a little sidebar off of what you're saying. Um, one thing that I do with my clients is that if you come to me for a love reading, I'm not going to give you an answer of if that person's coming back. You're going to hear from me what the cards say you need to work on to improve your love life. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not, at this point, I use the cards for self-improvement and that's what they're there for. So if, for me, it, there's no benefit of saying, is Johnny so-and-so coming back? It's what, what's, what in here is wounded that I'm not seeing and facing so that when whomever comes into my life, I'm more stable and able to respond instead of react in my woundedness. See, and I think that's one of the best descriptions that I've actually heard on tarot because I think so many people do get like a Hollywood-esque theme about it where you're going to go and ask her for winning lottery numbers or, you know, yeah. where's the suitcase full of money? Just dumb, dumb earthly shit. You know, that's what I think. And they, at the end of the day, they are a tool to help and assist you build a better connection with your intuition and your higher self. Um, but I love that you pointed that out because I know that there's so many people out there that still think of tarot as just some straightforward yes, no, are they coming or back, am game. I getting, the, or yeah, card game, which technically before it ever became anything with tarot, they were made for mm -hmm. like just playing cards way back in the day, which I didn't bring the, you know, historical information about how far tarot goes back. Um, but if oh, anybody I listening ever it. does... The story of tarot, um, it, it's just another story that really uh, helps you know that the church obviously had an agenda, mm -hmm. and it wasn't just to, like, save your soul, <laughs> you know? Um, but how far back tarot goes, the way that it's expanded, the way that it's evolved, and even um, with digital lives now, um, it took me a minute to believe in picking up collective energy when people are doing readings and putting them on YouTube. Mm. Like I really, I really had to go in and study quantum physics to actually fully believe in tarot as far as the energy behind it. Cause I understood my energy for my readings and people in front of me, but I still lacked, um, the definition of like non-locality and even quantum entanglement when you do go reading about somebody else that's not sitting in front of you. Um, for instance, uh, twin flames come up in readings often for me when I do them for people. And um, I feel really bad for those people that don't even realize that that's something that's like holding them back in a weird way or it's something that they don't get to talk about. Um, but I've noticed that I have found a lot of people that that's like this thorn in their side that they don't even realize that they're not acknowledging. Mm. So besides like chakras, I'll have that happen. Um, there was another thing that I was going to say and I totally forgot. Well, um, I know I have two pins to go back to. Okay, go okay. back to them because that, that well. didn't tie in the way that I wanted to, but it's okay. <laughs> um, histor historically speaking... Um, I would have to say that there is a, in Egypt, a, their own divination system of tarot, and it's actually on the walls of the artwork. Mm -hmm. The tarot system that we use today that originates from Rider Waite came through Italy. So 
because the information spread from there. And then from how I understand it, Italy with Rider Waite, Coleman Smith, and them, they made the way that we look at it today. So um, the other pin that I was saying was how I bring in information. Um, Every color in the cards all have their own assigned meaning. And so, yes, you are correct when you're seeing the multiple colors. The other thing that I've noticed, too, is that the cards generally, if it's a bunch of cups cards, for a beginner to know that cups is your emotions, it's your water, it's your, you know, ability to work through your emotion. It's not the work card because the wands, now that's career, intuition, that's travel, that's passion, you know, that can be career. It can also be the physical side of your love life as though the emotions would be like the love side of your love life and less physical. So we have the pinnacles, which is the earth, the actual, if you would say money or what we're actually touching. And we have the swords, which is the air. And that's the mental energy. That's the spiritual energy. The one thing about tarot is we have the major arcana, which is 22 cards. Uh, Those are the trump cards. They were added in Italy because before it was just the four decks and the hearts was the cups. The pinnacles is the diamonds. Um, The swords and the wands I mix up. But swords is spades and wands is clubs or vice versa anyway. I think you're right. There's a reader. (laughs) There's a reader I go to that she only does Mm -hmm. the playing cards and it blows my mind every time the accuracy she has i'm like that's what that's on a club's card (laughs) so sometimes i'll get um i'll give my daughter a deck of cards and she'll just randomly give me single cards and i'll look them up based on the playing cards Mm -hmm. and see how they connect with stuff yeah so that's cool that you brought that up yeah um so the thing about the order of tarot is now this is how i see it um i would say everything begins in swords energy because it's all in the mind it's all in the spiritual field before we ever see it in our physical it's up there or wherever it is maybe up is not the correct term but it's there in the spiritual realm Mm -hmm. then i believe that you have to feel emotions like the cups element has to come in So you have to think it or spiritually have the inclination, feel it to move into Juan's energy, which is passion, creativity, the ability to do something about it into the pinnacles because the pinnacles is the manifestation of whatever started in the mind or in the spiritual sphere. So that's how I look at, I pay attention to how do the elements lay out in what order numerology there is a tarot numbers system there is also a numerology system of its own and i'm not entirely sure if they're exactly cross compatible because i have not studied numerology itself Mm -hmm. i've just studied how it refers to tarot so i can't speak that far what i will say is that the numbers matter ascending numbers means that you're progressing you're going in the route that you should descending numbers you're going into cycles here. You're not going in the route that you've been, you know, wanting to walk on. 
Okay, numerology. Oh, this little sheet. She handed me a numerology sheet. The soul vibration. Okay. I really like this. Uh, I started picking up on numerology when I was doing tarot as well. And it just, it came in as like a wonder if they were compatible. Because I love angel numbers, synchronicities, like send me a sign. I get 11s all day long. Um, But numerology tied into tarot, uh, I've actually never talked with anybody because I don't, like I just know it works for me, if that makes sense. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like how you put tarot and music together. It works for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But not only am I looking at chakra colors, soul contracts, soul ties, and all of that other fun stuff in your reading, but the numbers always pop up. And I love that when you're like, oh, the numbers are going up, you know, it's the rising line, like, hey, you're going in this direction, or like, hey, you're you're about to hit like a, a little bump in the road mm-hmm. based on the numbers. And whether it's a progression of numbers that can show you that, or it's just a singular on a one card drop, um, mm-hmm. I've always tied numerology in. So I love that you just said that because you're the first person that I've ever talked to about that. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, the other thing about the numerology of tarot is aces are always divine new. If it's um, a cup, it's a divine new emotional beginning. It can be a relationship. It can be, I have had the ace of cups come out when I started my business. So it does, it's not necessarily, you know, ace of wands would really be the birth of a business. But you have to look at all the colors or cards that surround the card that you're reading. Because all the cards that surrounded the Ace of Cups were Wands cards, which shows me the career aspect. So Aces are new, divine, and they're divine. So they're, they are not as equal as Trump cards. And these are not, like the divine has already put out the energy. So you're not going to be able to reverse that. It's in motion. Mm-hmm. The twos are always about decisions and pairings. The threes, you know, each number, the fives are all about challenge and change and coming into this. Um, Like the sevens are coming to a place worth defending, like the seven of wands. The man has gotten his energy. So I just to vaguely sum up that each number as you progress and then you separate the knight through the king's energy, you put the royal family because if you think about it, the ace, the aces are equal to the royal family, and the rest are just everyday cards. The trump cards, heavy. If you get a bunch of major arcanas in your reading, the universe, or you have big habits or big behaviors that you need to address. It's either or. Mm-hmm. But it's big because it depends what card you pull. You, you pull... The devil card. People are so afraid of the devil card and the tower card. Every time. Oh, and the death <laughs> card. Devil and death have come out next to the tarot. I don't know how many times. Right. Whether it's a clarifier, whether it's just all together, it could be the beginning of a reading. And they're really like, oh, my God. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's back up. You know, and yes. that's really where I go to my ground floor definitions. And I'll be yes. like, okay, according to this deck, this is what the card means. But for your specific situation, like... Exactly. And I have like levels of reading. Do you have levels of reading where you're like, did you come here to just like kind of be like pretty bird, pretty bird, everything's going to be fine? Or like, did you actually come here to like maybe get punched in the gut really quick? Because I'm a channel like this isn't me. So I know that I'm saying it to you, but I'm not making this stuff up. So if I if I bring up something from eight years old that you don't want to talk about, like 
this is an energy exchange. I'm going to need right. you to let me know how much is so much. Yeah. Am so I supposed to say? That's where I have the answer of if I am doing a fair and you got 15 minutes of my time, I'm going to give you, there are things you need to work on and I'm not going in, in into the layers. If you come to me for an hour worth of my time and you want to sit with me one-on-one, that's what you're asking me for is that this is everything I see and this is how I see it. And I'll be here. I'll hold space for you. I'll help you process it. Cause I'm not just going to drop a bomb on you and, and then say, tell Go you home. to get out. Here's you know. some chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, you know. so much. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll give you space. I will listen. I will, you know, I will not allow someone to abuse me. Um, that's one thing that I get a lot is they don't like the message. So they want to turn out reshuffle the cards. Mm-hmm, yeah. Exactly. So, so is that why not to interrupt you, but it, is that why you use like five different decks? Yeah. Yes. Because they're they're great for clarifiers, but I didn't know if you had a specific reason why you sell yourself as a five deck card reader. Well, um, actually, I on Udemy have a Tarot Master, so it's not it's whatever amount of decks. When I go to an event, I stand in front of my decks, and the ones that I feel like really want to come are the ones that come. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's two decks. Sometimes it's nine. Sometimes it, it's... So I got really lucky that day. <laughs> it was just five that day. Oh, yeah. I was so impressed. And I've done um, multiple card decks too. Uh-huh. I'm kind of like you. I'll start with the rider deck and then I'm like, I need a clarifier deck and they'll uh-huh. show me which one I'm supposed to use. Right. Um, but I was so impressed by the five decks. You're like, just so you know, I use all five. And I was like, she's going to murder me. <laughs> like, I thought I was coming over here for a little bit of cups action. And yeah, 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 I, I, I'll work on it. But you're like, no, I'm going to read five different decks. And yes. I didn't recognize, I think, three of the decks that you used, well, was which hilarious. was even better for me as a reader, too, because you know how it is. You want to read your own cards. Right. You're like, oh, I know what they're going to say. You know, you just... <laughs> You need those other people's intuition is what I found out. Well, and that's the thing was funny about that specific day was my husband and I had come because he was helping me set up for this event. And I was just, my mind was somewhere else. And it's funny because I was nicer to myself than I anticipated. (laughs) And I packed my bag the night before and I even had it in the Jeep, but I thought I left it at home. So all these practitioners and my friends at this event are like, here's all these decks. So you literally got a reading from me from none of those decks I had ever connected to. Oh, wow. So they were literally well, I just I still like, loved my reading and I was still terrified when I sat down. <laughs> Only because I know the type of readings that I give someone and you will, you will not leave unchanged. Yes. One time I gave my husband a reading um, and he, he uh, didn't want to come to bed. He didn't talk to me the rest of the night. Ooh. He didn't talk to me the rest of the day. Like, obviously, he went to work and stuff, and we don't usually text during our day. And then he came home, and he, like, went out and did his time on the porch, and he walked in, and he goes, do you, do you want to come and talk to me on the porch about what happened last night? <laughs> like, we had, like, a fight. And I was like, yeah, like if you're, if you've had enough like integration time with your reading, I would, I'm all ears. Like, I promise I'll keep my mouth shut, right? Um, and I went out there and he's like, everything that you said was like so disturbingly accurate and true. He's like, I just don't really know how to take it from you. He's like, you're my wife 
And he's like, you just channeled everything that <laughs> I don't want to tell you. Mm -hmm. He's like, so he goes, yeah, like I sat here last night and was like, am I married to a witch? Like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on? I don't want to go to bed. Like, I'm legitimately terrified of my wife right now because she knows stuff that I didn't want to tell her. Two things just popped in my head. I'm sorry. No, um, that's what tree branches are for. <laughs> well, there was a, I wanted to talk, touch back on the death and tower cards. I was going to say something about that and then about what you are saying mm -hmm. don't try to lie to a reader a real reader go pull it out yeah especially a confident real reader because you have like we have baby readers that are like okay I guess I did get it wrong I'll go back and study more and then you have other people that want you to reshuffle the deck and oh it just can't possibly be that and then you have other people that are like no honey the cards don't <laughs> lie <laughs> they do not lie exactly um yeah, and that's been one of the biggest struggles with me. I mean, um, like you, I just started reading on, like, friends and family members and people that would ask me. Same thing with Reiki. I have been studying Reiki on my own since 2011, I believe. Um, but I always played it, like, near to my chest and close mm -hmm. to my heart. So coming out in the open with it, with as much as you've studied in the background and people mm -hmm. don't realize how much you've studied, mm -hmm. they just assume you've been gallivanting doing whatever <laughs> um so you bring these new skills to these people that have always been in your life and I found it's really hard for them yes. be because they're like no I this is how I know you in my head and I don't know how to accept the fact that you do this and that's especially going home I've ran into a couple things like that which nothing too dramatic but just like I think they're generic questions of like, how did you get started reading? How did you know? Like what happened? Mm -hmm. um, those are probably my favorite questions because I'm just like, well, now I understand it's always been there and now I'm not going to hell, mm -hmm. you know, and that's probably one of the main reasons I brought you on here is because I know, you know, you're not going to hell mm -hmm. doing the divination work that you're doing. Um, we also had the talk about how we don't really want to address ourselves as healers or address anybody as healers mm -hmm. because we're not healing anybody. That's an egotistical term in the spiritual mm -hmm. community where Agreed. they're a healer. Like, I'm not a healer. I'm a conduit for mm -hmm. wherever we come from, whatever you call I'm that. I'm an energy mover. I'm an energy <laughs> mover. Sure. I'm a piece of copper. You know, I'm a Sims character, but I just thought that was really important to highlight um, just because we did have a conversation yes. off. I, I would like to highlight, too, um, I brought up the death in the tower cards, and I wanted to bring up that when you're learning how to translate those, one of my, it, it will really irk me really quick. Is And I used to make this when I first started, this mistake when I was reading publicly in the beginning, which was... That card falls out, one of them, or all three of them fall out, and then you go, yeah, that suck of breath. Oh, oh you like you being I the did. reader? Like, yes. Oh, yeah, I made that mistake. And like when oh. readers, 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 please. <laughs> Just breathe in your nose silently because the tension's already there, and as soon as they see you get any more tense, it makes the reading Go in directions that you don't intend to. I mean, at the same time, it's really important to highlight it's an energy exchange. Mm -hmm. Like you go to this person and you're opening yourself up to them to read you. They can't manipulate your energy. They can't steal from you. They can't take your soul. Nothing weird 
like that. But when you go into those situations and yeah, as the reader, you have a responsibility to deliver this message properly to this person. But what I'm saying is like empathically, like you're picking up on their anxiety of wanting to know what the card is on top of your energy getting mixed up with them on top of like the divine coming in and being like, okay, I know I just dropped like three big bombs on you. There's like two major arcanas, but I need everybody to calm down so we Mm -hmm. can deliver this message properly. So I think that's a really good thing to say. Like the only thing that I'd say is like, I do a reading on my friend every couple weeks when she comes over and we, we call it dick punching each other. Like I'll just be like, set it to me straight girl. Tell me, tell me what I haven't been telling you or like stuff like that. (laughs) And we really work with each other's intuition but um, we have those moments where the cards will be dropping and I'll be like, oh, shit. But we haven't got the clarifier yet. It's just one card, right? Like even if it's just the devil that drops down, like what if it's the devil and then the two of cups next to it? I would translate that saying that like if I were to read that as a relationship spread, I would say the devil signifies the things that you are chained to, the things that are holding you back, the addictions, the patterns, the beliefs, the whatever, that is not flowing right and it is something either that you have let go of recently and can now come into a union or you need to address it because what would be the card on the other side would be the determination of how I would translate it because you can translate any card any way I mean mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to say that you can translate the card against its own interest or against its own meaning yeah which means loosely hold the definitions but the devil card talks about being chained um if you're to refer to it in the church manner it's it talks about sin it talks about that at the same token the tarot asks you to figure out how to unchain yourselves how do you free yourselves because the eight of swords is a woman who has her hands tied behind her back she has a blindfold over her uh eyes mm-hmm. and the divinatory re message of that is that you can your self-victimization you can undo what's holding you back the thing between the eight of swords and the devil what i find is that the devil generally is those really hard things like eight of swords is more like blaming self-victimizing like things like that getting mm-hmm. into that mindset but the devil i feel like is more like addictions and hurtful harming patterns things like that like breaking the vices to Mm -hmm. set yourself free Mm -hmm. and so makes a lot of sense the death card always comes with rebirth and a lot of people do not translate that that way death always ties to rebirth so if you think of a fire that has uh, burned down a forest the rebirth that comes after that's what they people don't say hey there's death going on here but there's something that follows as a result because one thing that i did with the universe is i recognized at one point in my life drinking was not a healthy habit for me and i chose i will drink occasionally now but i still it's something i just don't do Mm -hmm. because i don't i don't act right when i drink and it's just something that's not for me so i chose when i bought all the tarot cards i was like listen i'm gonna give you this alcohol and i'm gonna take these cards home and that was my literal exchange i didn't i literally did not buy a 
alcohol a bottle of champagne that night. I bought a tarot deck. That's cool though. I like that. I think it's uh, it helps not necessarily like going cold turkey off your vices or your habits because mm-hmm. we could get into neuroplasticity, which is one of my favorite things to bring up randomly. Um, but just like identifying those habits, it's a really old context. I can't think of who actually said it, but they say um, peel the layers of your habits back to see what's underneath. Mm-hmm. And that was really powerful for me and a lot of my vices. Um The one that I don't think would like ever go away is how much I feel when I'm shopping, Mm. whether it's clothes, metaphysical store, grocery shopping, it doesn't matter. I love the chemicals that release in my head when I shop. And I had a shopping addiction like way back in the day in my early 20s that I didn't even realize. I was like, the only way that I rewarded myself for going to work was buying myself something Oh, Um, because I was just, you know, I was was in the rat race. Like, that's what you do. Like, you buy yourself shit, right? Um, And I got into a really pretty number of debt that I actually didn't have to look at until I met my husband. And, like, we got married and we were consolidating everything. And he was like, did you realize, like, you spent all this money? And I was like, no, because I was literally too busy trying to, like, survive and, like, trick. I was still trying to, like, trick my brain chemicals into pretending that, like, this was making me happy. It's my ego journey, right? I had to succeed in the physical world. Um, But I bring that up because um, I, I think within the last year, I had time to work, but I didn't have time to go work for somebody else. So that's when like DoorDash and Instacart and all those really came into a really good full effect in my life because I could go make money. I was shopping and I wasn't spending any money and I was actually making money. So I was literally tricking the chemicals in my brain to make me feel like I went and swiped my credit card a bunch. But I actually just went and got Donna her groceries because she can't leave her house, you know. (laughs) Um, So it was like I felt like I was doing good deeds. I still was shopping. I I would like put an earbud in and I'd be like grooving down the frozen food aisle. And um, I really think that there's something to it. I think um, obviously vices and habits, you need to get those in check. But there's a way to alter them so you can still... Like, you can still have fun with it. Yeah, manageably get off of it, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. You know, I would say that a lot of people freak out about the tower card, which is just abrupt change. And tower can be positive. You're absolutely right, but I will tell you that even in my own readings, when the tower pops out, I think it's because there's only so many layers that a reader really can go deep. And no matter how deep a reader goes, at least for me, there's this one little box that's sitting on the side. And if the tower card pops up, it's like that box will automatically open up in the reading for me. And these things that like, you know, are coming, it's probably the reason you're like at the reading. And um, it's just terrifying for me still, even as a reader, when the tarot card pops up, Mm -hmm. because I'm like, or the tower card, sorry. (laughs) I'm like, okay, seriously, like, I know it's coming, but did it have to come out on like this reading? (laughs) <laughs> you know, like I, I will be like reshuffle the cards, like, ah, uh, you know, um, how, I guess, what am I trying to say? What is an example of when a tower card comes out and it's positive? Okay. Um, cause I've never had it. <laughs> so before I had a reading for a woman and she had a 10 of swords and she had a tower in the middle and she had 10 of pentacles on the other side. 
First of all, you want to look at 10 and 10 are balancing each other, which tells me that whatever energy is in the middle, that's the energy you're going through to change where you are to where you want to be. So that tell, told me that she was making abrupt changes and she had abruptly changed her diet and it was actually giving her physical benefits. So the tower and that positive moment was her choosing to change those habits and her health turned around. I'm going to completely redo my definition of tower in my head for tarot. Okay. After meeting you. I've learned so much already from you, but I I honestly have never had tarot good in a reading only because it's usually a clarifier card of the devil, of a habit you need to break, of a relationship you need to leave, of a job that's draining you. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I said, um, like, are there, like, levels to your reading? Is there something, like, special? I hate to say, like, special, but there's something in your intuition that there's a reason that you read this way. Yeah. So, like, for me, I know there's a reason that, you know, we might call it a dick-punching reading, but there's a, <laughs> there's a reason that, like, soul contracts come to me yeah. and karma comes to me. And when you're in really big transitional periods of your life, like, I'm the reader that you actually call. I'm not the one that you're like, is he going to come back? I mm-hmm. No, I don't do like exactly. chaining of free will readings. I'm not into that. But exactly. for you, um, oh, oh, I know, I know. Um, so you've studied a lot of Reiki, right? Yes, like a couple my different. Answer is right where you're going. Okay, good. I'm glad that you said that. So you studied a bunch of Reiki. So how? Not only the different types of Reiki, if you could list them off, but I know obviously you've studied different decks and cards but how did you blend those two together to make you obviously just a powerhouse reading because I'm about to get into my reading with you okay uh I would have to say that it's funny and this is a uh not a clarifier this is a what is the word I'm thinking of where the universe tells you hey you're doing what you're supposed to you're a reader I mean to me that's an ace of wands card in my head uh, but there's a certain word I was like anyway um yeah well that's just what's popping up when you're like the universe is like oh. it's yours <laughs> right I'm like oh thanks for my wand um well anyway um what I was trying to say is that you're legit because you were picking out what I was saying and my answer to everything you were leading up to was that In tarot, I do the same thing in Reiki. And what that is, is I've been told that I have a knack for energy work and Reiki work. And the thing that I do is it's, I've heard it described as the hollow bone. I've heard it described getting out of your own way. I've heard it, you know, deconstructing the ego, whatever jam makes sense to you. To me, I literally feel my energy go to one side of me and the information just flows through so you can literally get a reading from me I can walk out of that space you can see me in 10 minutes and you can say oh Katie do you remember when you said blah 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 no I don't I said that that's lovely (laughs) you know so to say to answer your question is what that thing is is so many readers want to go I don't remember what that says. Oh, no. Oh, no. Susie Lou is in front of me, and I don't know what to say, and she wants all. No, no, no. I just sit back, and I'm like, you know what, universe? What does she need to know? Mm -hmm. And I just shut up. Mm -hmm. And then I talk. I mean, clearly I talk to her, but it's not coming from my mind necessarily. I mean, yes, and it's not my consciousness that says it. 
I was going to say, so what I'm leading into is this Gaia program I watched where they were trying to explain what it feels like, how you know that it's a clear sense, right? And he said, um, I'm going to paraphrase, basically, it's a thought that develops in the back of your mind that isn't yours, and it literally pushes itself to the forefront of your mind. And it's undeniable. It's in your face. It's the feeling. It's the resonance. It is, if you're tapped into this power, you understand it. If you're not, um, that's like obviously why the episode is there. But when he, for me specifically, because I was still looking for a way to explain to people how you know it's like, you're not just making it up in your head, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, not remembering the channeling is one thing because I'm really good at remembering like all my 3D life stuff, but there are a lot of spiritual things. Like even the reading I had with you, I have chunks missing out of it because (laughs) it is so ethereal that I don't think when you get a reading, you're supposed to remember all of it at once because then you're just going to go, you know, oh, she said this. Oh, am am I looking out for this? Am I looking out for this? And you don't want to, you don't really want to take a reading, at least for me, you don't want to take a reading super literal and then take it out into the real world and look for it every day long. Mm-hmm. That's also goes against anything mm-hmm. that Tara's supposed to do for you. Yeah, one of the things that I would say about that is that so many people turn towards the reader. It's kind of that ego thing that we spoke about being the healer. They go out in the world and they look, oh, the, the reader said that this was going to happen. And then they that's all that they focus on. Instead of being concerned about how you're choosing to show up in your life every day. Are you doing your self-care? Are you doing your self-work? And, you know, not focusing on somebody else's external mm-hmm. input. Mm-hmm. Did you ever um, struggle with any form of codependency when you first got into tarot and you were learning your intuition? I before tarot was a lot harder Mm -hmm. and then as tarot was the tool that helped me get space from that so in the beginning were you doing just like um one day clarifier cards you know how like you can get an oracle deck and bond with yourself that way was that one of the ways that you learned to build trust with your intuition I guess is the right way to say it Yes, I would say that every day I started pulling out a card, if that's what you're asking. Mm -hmm. And I started with the Rider Waite, and then I added Oracle later because, you know, the Oracle decks and tarot are not the same. Mm -mm. And I would have to say that how I started learning to trust my intuition is one thing that I'm learning in school because I'm continuing my education. When I'm finished, I will have a doctorate in spiritual counseling and a doctorate in spiritual life coaching, one of the things that we are taught is that your intuition and what you say, if nobody comes back to you and says, hey, that that meant something, or hey, that means something, if you're just saying stuff and nothing comes back again, just generally, you know, that's how you can determine your intuition. So speaking of your intuition, um, And since you just told me that apparently, like, feedback's really good for people who give readings because uh, it's 
sometimes pretty insecure after you're done reading. <laughs> like you have no idea if you actually helped somebody. You just hope mm -hmm. that you did. If they leave crying, I mean, obviously you helped break something inside of them. But like you said, you don't want to throw a time bomb on somebody and then like let them walk out your door. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so for me, I would like to tell you um, my experience with you as my reader. Okay. Um, so obviously we met at the event that we talked about earlier. I sat down and uh, as a reader myself and um, an energy mover myself, I understand how I'm supposed to act as a client as well. Um, and I didn't want to be scared, but I was like, she's definitely going to see things <laughs> that maybe I don't want that person five feet away to hear, you know? Um, and again, that's for me because I'm used to really giving those hard hitting, like awakening readings, like, hey, this is the stuff that you're not telling anybody. This is the only thing that I can see. Um, so I sit down, I'm super stoked that we're going to do five decks because how many clarifiers do you need? <laughs> what other decks we're going to do? And immediately when you shuffle the cards, like a bunch pop out from um, like a entanglement that I have in my life. And immediately, like I saw the cards and immediately I had to stop myself and be like, we have to wait and see what her interpretation is. So we talked about what those cards actually meant for me. And you even pointed out how um, you thought it was cool that they popped out before the reading because they were telling you, they were acknowledging you that yes, this is heavy on your mind and heavy on your heart, but we're actually going to set this aside right now so we can open this suitcase up really quick, which I loved. Um, so we go into things start dropping. It goes with, you know, career, the podcast, um, a transference of a business, um, profitability, like there was, there was a lot of love and there was a lot of career in it. But when I mean love, it was more like how to balance being with my family and having the things that I want in life, like all of these things. Um, and I just remember, I think my favorite part about tarot is that I'm actually seen. And I know that there are a lot of things that I, like I could validate with my own meditations, my own journaling and my own intuition but it's the same thing as a hair salon for me. Like I do my own hair at home, but oh my gosh, does it feel good to go to a hair salon and just sit there and let somebody else do it for you? For sure. And that's that. I mean that I don't have a codependency on tarot. I think I did in the beginning just because I never trusted my own intuition. And I wanted those validations to obviously from programming still come outside of me, even in things with spirituality. Um, but yeah, again, like I felt so safe and so seen with you. And early on in the reading, I realized like, you know, you're one, you're not fake. Two, you're not like a, a wicked seer. You know, it's not like, <laughs> oh, in well, 17 you. <laughs> years, you're going to develop cancer. Like nothing crazy like that. Um, so I felt pretty safe. And the safer I feel, the more I'm able to open up, especially like my feminine side. Um, and that's the side that gets read a lot, which is like this like closet full of creativity that's just been like shoved into for years. And then like now I'm like cleaning out my closet, Eminem. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. that's the song that I was telling you about. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, so obviously sitting here, I still feel like a little baby in front of any reader that I did. But we went from, I mean, just like a 
a regular deck, there was an elemental deck, we had an angel deck, I can't remember the other one that was, but all the clarifiers that layered over on top were amazing. Um, and I obviously know that like I gave an old reading away before we're about to do one, but I still thought that it would be super fun, even though we don't have video, to still just drop some cards and maybe talk about okay. how you interpret the cards as far as your reading, and I will gladly be your guinea pig. Okay. Um, so, yeah, feel free to, like, shuffle and oh, say. I already, and I already shuffled. Nice. Do so whatever we, you want to um, do. already shuffled, and I would say for anybody who's beginning a reading, find what shuffling method works for you. I have created my own method. It's the 369 from the ideas of Tesla is how I choose. Um, so choose the way that you want to shuffle. And then I do that consistently for me. I do it every time the same way. Or I have a condensed shuffle. But if I do a condensed shuffle, it is the same every time. Or if I do the longer one. So here... In the past, we have the seven, the chariot. This is a major arcana card. It has a man inside of a chariot, and it has two sphinxes in front of him. And the chariot talks about forward movement, talks about getting things done, going straight for the direction that she goes. As I'm looking at this card and connecting to the first card, I always translate loosely. I don't start trying to pick up anything deep about what is the actual context of the reading until we have multiple cards. Um, if I am doing a Celtic cross, I will not try to say what the topic of reading is until the third card is pulled. If you're doing three cards or under, I wait until the second card. Your second card is Eight of Pentacles. This is talking about uh, mastery. I generally, in this con context, I see it as your self-mastery. I see that you were going forward into honing your abilities and talents for your self-mastery because you are going to provide this platform for other people to look into their own self-mastery. Um, going, I also want to point out that this is seven and this is eight. So we are building up in numbers. So the outcome card or the last one, and I also want to point out all of my outcomes. When you do the 10 cards for the Celtic, mm -hmm. I always <clears throat> pull the next three after the outcome. So you actually have four cards for what's coming. That's great because I feel like I'm playing Texas Hold'em right now and I got a lot on the line. <laughs> <laughs> so generally with this one, since it's three, I now if I'm out in public and I'm just doing three card draws, I don't pull anymore. Mm -hmm. You just get three cards. But this time we're going to go ahead and do two. And it's really funny because we went from a major arcana. So this tells me that the universe prompted you or that this was divinely orchestrated that you move forward towards your self-mastery. Now you're in the energy of, I. you're working on it. You're still figuring out how all the things come together and how it works. Um, the outcome is funny because we go from a knight of wands to a page of wands to a six of wands, which says that the knight of wands talks about following your passions. Um, wands generally can be career, travel, 
um, inspiration, anything passionate. Um, with this Knight of Wands, one thing about the Knight you want to think about is how fast are their horses moving. A Knight of Swords rushes in. He doesn't think. He's ready to battle there. So his horse is running. The slowest moving Knight is the Knight of Pentacles because that is the slowest moving element in tarot. Remember I told you that. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Nine of Wands tells me that you are self-mastering that is going to come into your career. It's funny because the Page of Wands talks about travel and inspiration. Um, it also talks about heralding new career opportunities. So this tells me that you're con- going to continue to work on one that you have already established here. Because see, this Knight is looking at the Eight and the Eight is faced toward the Knight. So you're already doing this. This is what you don't know is coming. You're going to have another creative venture in a career sector with the Page of Wands. I also want to point out the Page of Wands energy is very admiring his wand. And that matters because it can be that energy of like, well, look, I got the B, big D on campus. <laughs> it's that, look at my big. I was going to say, look at the masculine <laughs> yes. presence in it. Yes. And so with that, um, the energy then, trans- so the energy started here and it goes through. It ends at the six of wands, which is the each element has its own story. And so does the major arcana. And so the major arcana is the story of the fool all the way to the 22nd card, which is the world, which means that you have completed the project. Each element also has its own story. So the five of wands discusses being, having, fighting with people, but you guys are fighting for the same thing. and You don't even realize it. So you're not using swords. You don't want to hurt them, but it's more like, you know, you're just family, whatever, things like that. Not just family, but mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, The Six of Wands talks about coming into a place of victory. The Six of Wands was successful through the Five of Wands energy and is coming in and getting celebrated for its victory. So that means that all the self-mastery is leading you toward more creative opportunities where you will be successful. I couldn't ask for a better reading. Well, thank you. Like, I love it. Um, I just, I want to sit here and fangirl the whole reading, but you're absolutely spot on, and I believe everything you say. As a beginner, I have questions for you. Yes. Okay, like a semi-beginner, right? Because the chariot's one of my favorite cards, and it's not the first time that the chariot's actually popped up immediately, and that's why I love how you said, um, when the first card pops up, I don't, like, this isn't the way the reading's going to go. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not married to anything. I'm just kind of see how the energy is. I get so excited when the chariot pops out because to me that's fast action Mm -hmm. and it's a really good clarifier card for like ways that you're stuck or how to get unstuck but when the chariot is like the first card like shit is coming and it's coming fast and it's usually good shit it's like it's about to propel you through a mountain all the other things that you said another time that I see the chariot commonly is um, if you see justice which generally can mean legal situations mm-hmm. and you see chariot that can show success through legal although i will not publicly read anybody's health are they going to live are they going to die yeah how I'm is court going to go i don't do that either those are two stupid. i can do uh am i going to get the job uh-huh. i can yes. do stuff like that i don't do stocks i don't do love yes i don't do anything that manipulates people's 
free will. Mm -hmm. But I also think it um, there is some weird codependency and like love readings, the girl that's waiting waiting for the right reading mm -hmm. um, and I know that a lot of people are taken advantage in that way so I like I don't really feel called to them like I said soulmates soul contracts and twin flames come up in my readings often and my mm -hmm. heart goes out to people like that and right. I think that's why I'm able to see those those certain frequencies and channels yes um I would like to do point, you, sorry oh sorry no just real quick before you do that do you flip the bottom of the deck over and ever oh, do all yeah. over energy yeah, that was funny because we were just talking about the five of wands graduating into the six of wands. And because it's under here, we got five, we got five, we got 10, which is two fives. So here you're actually five and five is 10. You're clearing out two cycles in the, in your subconscious energy is how I is read Is that why this. it's so heavy? Yes. <laughs> it's so heavy right you now. You imagine this is the way that I read it. So I literally lay it out like this. And so this is one continuous read. This mm -hmm. is just in the conscious these are in the sub. And I know everybody on podcast cannot see what I'm doing. I'll take a picture. I'll so. show I'll show our friends later. Yes. And so uh, with this being the case, like that tells me at one point here, you had good times with friends. Maybe you had some alcoholism. I'm feeling partying and going really, really fast with this card. I'm feeling like having fun, jumping from place to place. I had a lot of alcoholics around me. Which brought you to your knees. It brought you to the end of something. For Very sure. Very abruptly. This is tower energy. Even though it's a ten of swords, this guy's jacked up. You're absolutely right. And Which, a lot of it's self-inflicting. This tells me that you had an inch. This five of wands tells me that you started to have an internal battle. This was not battling energy outside of yourself, which is why that's so significant. Mm -hmm. Because you had a battle with yourself. You put your spiritual authority. You stepped into your authority. With the Hierophant, which allowed you to progress from five. See, we went 10 down to five, which I said is bringing down or clearing. So then five to seven in the major arcana, you went, you created, turned this into this to become the seven for the chariot. I love the way you read. Thank you. I do want to point out that, yes, you and I have a very positive reading for you. And I also get very not positive readings for people. Mm -hmm. And the best way I can determine to tell people to translate those really difficult readings. If you are in a 15 minute reading, it is not behoo of you to bring up a whole bunch of things that you may never see that person again. But what you say may permanently stay with them. Mm -hmm. So what I do is generally, like I said, if you're with me for an hour, even if you're with me for an hour, I determine how much you can take. I've had a woman who, when she got a divorce, she couldn't handle hearing anything about the ex-husband. And it was telling me like nine of swords, 10 of swords, telling me she's in her head a lot. She's creating a lot of this karma. Fast forward a year or so later, she's able to get around it. And now she can hear that in our readings and hear his, you know, energy and it's not triggering. So that's also. So I think the best way to wrap this up is talking about the responsibilities and being a reader. Mm -hmm. That's really what I'm hearing right now. Cause while you're telling this one instance, there's so many other instances. I know of other people that have went to other readers, me going to a reader in my early times too. Um, 
And knowing what I know now, I realized that maybe they were working from a spiritual ego. Mm -hmm. Maybe they obviously were working from their own I'm a healer power and mm-hmm. not necessarily well, and being another, a piece of copper. Yeah. Another thing that I see people do is they'll say, they'll be in a lack mentality and they'll say, hey, I'm doing this to make money. I got to make money. Yeah. So then they'll, I call it sweetheart the reading mm-hmm. where technically if this was a bad reading in front of us and I translated it to say what it said right now, that'd be sweethearting your reading. You know, so if people are wanting to make fast money, if everything everybody says to you is, no, you're good, you ain't got nothing to worry about, it's great, it's in the bag, that's a red flag. Because, But right also, I, I love that you bring that up because that's a really great opportunity to put yourself in that room with that reader and check in on your own intuition. Mm-hmm. Because every reader I ever went to, yeah, I wanted that validation, but I was already playing with my intuition behind the scenes anyways. Mm-hmm. So I was going to these at the time I thought were more advanced readers. And I was just like, hey, this is kind of how it's appearing in my head. This is what I'm hearing. These are the pictures. Um this is what, this is how this clarified to me on this reading, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I, like, I've had 10 times more positive experiences. I've only had, like, one reader that I was like, you're clearly in it for not the reasons that I'm in it, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I really do think that's important because, yeah, I mean, my reading's always, for the most part lately, it's really good. But even I understand the trials and tribulations in that. Like, I mean, just... All of the things that I'm working on, they're terrifying because I actually care about them and I'm actually passionate about Mm -hmm. them. And it's not that all the things that have led me to this point now, I wasn't passionate about, but it was it was like 3D passion. It wasn't what I was meant to do. It was what I was meant to learn to get me to what I was meant to do. So now I'm starting to dip my toes in the water and have been for the last several years of all the things that I've always been wanting to do. And it is the most terrifying feeling in the world to wake up and live your dreams. Mm -hmm. I have pinch me moments on a daily basis, whether I'm whatever guests I'm booking, people I meet and run into. I'll be like, oh, I'd really like to, you know, get someone to talk about tarot that just really, really gets it, you know, and can't even get it down to beginners. I go and work a tie-dye show and I meet you, you know? (laughs) And I know that that's obviously like the universe working and Mm -hmm. I believe in everybody like raising to the frequency they wanna be on. Everything they want is is a frequency. I'm a huge Abraham Hicks person. It was hilarious about that event. I wasn't even supposed to be there. And I got a message from Emma. Yeah, Emma was like, I just feel like you need to be here. And I had had messaged her first to ask about the event because I was going to shop at Mm -hmm. the event. And she was just like, I really feel like I said, you know, as you say that, I kind of feel that too. So literally in two days, I threw together everything I needed. and Minus just, your decks. It, well, and I brought them. They were in the bag. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, after that event. One thing I was going to tell you on this, um, I would point out that in here, this reading is pointing toward this self-mastery is where your work is. So if you're ever with a reader... And you want to know, hey, if they're giving you a sweetheart reading, where does my energy look like it can be worked on? Mm, yeah, that is a really good idea, too. Because mm-hmm. I still audit 10 times more now. <laughs> I mean, the I think there's a misconception that once you get into some type of spiritual community that, like, everyone is super safe. 
and there are a bunch of gatekeepers. There's a bunch of pyramid people. Pyramid mm -hmm. people are the ones that pretend to be like a part of the commune, but they just want to be on top of the pyramid. Oh, okay. That's what I call them, like pyramid people. Like you come in, they're like, I'm here for the collective, but they're there for you to recognize them as mm. the spokesperson as the, of the collective. You know what I mean? Um, but they don't really know how to support. So I start looking for people that don't mind um, cleaning toilets is what I say. <laughs> if you don't mind cleaning toilets and spirituality, if you don't mind going and doing volunteer work, which is karma yoga, which is in my certification anyways, um, that's one of my auditing tools for people. Tarot readers get recommended to me all the time on YouTube and I'll watch them and I have a plethora that I have fallen in love with and I pray to God come on the show. Um, but locally, um, I have actually never met anybody as advanced 3D knowledge as you, but also like 5D knowledge as you. And the way that you, you merge it is really powerful. Well, thank you. Yeah. Nobody has ever said that to me. <laughs> I know that readers don't get a lot of feedback, um, but yeah, there's nobody like what you do. And I think that's why I really wanted to pull apart you know, how you tie in music with the cards and, you know, maybe a pinnacle is different for me than it is to you. But at the same time, like we're, we're not going to sweetheart over anybody, right? We're going to tell <laughs> right. you the truth. Um, but just to wrap it up, it, there is a monumental responsibility when you get into this work. And I think that um, if you're going to go to a reader, you really need to do your homework and make sure you're going to someone that is vetted and, you know, isn't a gatekeeper it makes you feel like, oh, I have the answers. Come back and give me $60 more and I'll tell mm -hmm. you. You know, like all that folklore stuff. And even like the way that Hollywood portrays tarot, I think, does a disservice to the community as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, because it makes the person, it, it makes the person coming to the reading feel like they have no responsibility in their energy. They mm -hmm. have no boundary in their mm -hmm. energy and they have no control. They go into this person and they're like, read me but i'm like no you have to give them permission mm -hmm. so those are just kind of like my wrap-ups because again i mean i'm definitely on the other side of not feeling um taken when you meet a reader by any means but i know that there as a reader there are plenty of responsibilities that all of us need to keep in mind and especially for those beginners out there for us yes sorry no you're fine <laughs> um one of my things that I try to remember to ask people, not that you haven't given us um, a profound amount of knowledge already, um, but like if I'm listening and I'm just beginning and I'm nervous, you know, obviously I don't want my family to hate me because tarot makes my hands vibrate and I know it's the way I'm supposed to go. But um, like what's something that you could say to them to kind of help them over that hump that they're going through? The first thing before picking up a deck you really want to be able to breathe and get to a place where your energy is, how do I add, your energy is flowing. Mm -hmm. You're in line with yourself. You're able to say, even if you don't have full control of your emotions, to be able to say, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling that. And, you know, so coming into a place of your own energy before, because like I said, my energy, when I'm reading, like I read to you, my energy shoved to the side mm -hmm. and then you hear what you need to hear. You also have to take care of your body and your mind because it's going to change everything. Because when that comes through you, it's like, 
if I read all day, I'm so hungry by the time I get home because it, it is an exchange. You, I do give something to give these messages. Mm-hmm. And so self-care is huge. Um, a lot of things, too, is if you're having mental health issues, it needs to be said that tarot or any any divination, pendulums, anything. Oh, you need to clear out the mental health 100% yes, you have to for go sure. To you, yeah. And, yes. And, Which I will say is what I really like about Psyche and Soul the most because you could have somebody walk in wanting Reiki and they clearly need to go to Dr. Crosby. Or, or Natalie. Or Natalie. And I think that that is, I think more buildings should be like that. Um, I don't think that divination is the like mm-hmm. the tool for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that however um, people label people in spirituality or who talk or practice any of this are just like, oh, you know, now my blinders are just on spirituality. I am mm-hmm. all about learning as much as I can, just like you, a complete student of life. And um, obviously making sure that whatever modality you use for your healing, mm-hmm. it's the one that you actually need. It's not, well, oh, I'm going to go get into tarot because I'm actually bipolar. It's like, <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not right. going to do that. Right. But and I think that needs to be said because there there are a lot of oh yes. misconceptions out there. And I think at the end of the day, we all want to help people. Mm-hmm. We just have to make and sure that we're actually helping them. That's one thing for me as a reader. See, before I ever picked up tarot like before I ever publicly picked up tarot I should say Mm -hmm. um I did seven years of mental health therapy one-on-one with someone to deal with my own issues and by doing that that cleared up a lot of the confusion and another thing that I would say is as my job it's actually one thing as a reader you need to pay attention to, is this person coming to me because they're spiritually inclined and having a moment? Or is this person going through some form of psychosis that I, as Katie, am not qualified to deal with? And if I touch that, I could make that worse. You could make them worse, yeah. Exactly. Which, I mean, that's just where discernment comes in Mm -hmm. heavily. Um, Well, I think just a great example that I have for that. Um, and it's not necessarily with tarot. It has more to do with like people's bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I do Reiki, it's a mix of massage and Reiki. Um, so like I really have to have consent continuously through it because a lot of the people that I work with, they have a lot of um, like sexual trauma mm-hmm. and that can be activated just when you're like rubbing down their lower back, right? Um, so uh, my friend's back her, I put her in the chair and I wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to like mess her up even more. Cause I knew at one point she was going to be neat, like need to readjust by a chiropractor. So I already knew that this wasn't going to be like an hour sesh. Mm-hmm. So I kind of went in there like, okay, she's sitting in front of me and I know I'm supposed to help her, but I also know that I, I actually can't use all of my strength right mm-hmm. now. Um, I actually know that I can do about 10 minutes is what it's looking like. And then, you know, I'm actually gonna have to send her off to somebody else. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was honestly like a good point for me because I know that I'm not working out of ego. If I was working out of ego, I'd be like, I'm give me an hour, I'm gonna fix you. But I'm not a chiropractor. I've studied the body through yoga. That's why I feel comfortable enough with talking and touching people. And then usually when we investigate the part of your body that's hurting the most, we'll do a mix of like Chinese medicine and a bunch of other stuff to really identify like what emotion downloaded 
-hmm. in your body, right? Um, but again, huge form of consent. So yeah, about 10, 15 minutes into it, obviously I just wanted to be like Jesus in this situation and be like, you're healed. I love <laughs> you so much. I took your pain away. Um, but I was like, hey, this is as far as I can go. Mm -hmm. And um, I still to this day, I really did feel good about it. And I've had that happen in other situations where I'm like, this is all I can do for you. I wish that I could do more, but I'm not going to push past the limits of what I know I can do for you. Here's, I don't know for sure if these are the ways that you can go, but this is what my intuition is telling to tell you. Take, take what I said into yourself, sit with yourself and see if that resonates with your intuition. If what I said felt wrong to you, kick me out and go find the person that feels right. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be a gatekeeper. I certainly don't want to meet a gatekeeper, but that was how I figured out who I was working with and who I was meeting was actually trying to gatekeep my evolution mm -hmm. and me working with my intuition. Yeah, I would say that as a reader, um, whenever you come to me, even if you come to me for an hour, there's two things that I would say about that. Sometimes as a reader, I get information. It isn't none of my business. Is not any of mine. And if I have just met you, even if you have an hour session with me, if it's not, if we don't have that kind of rapport, even if I know, I'm not going to express that. And the other thing that I would say is that when you get the messages from other people and to take a moment because instinctively, our systems, even mine, mine will do, it used to do it a lot more than it does now, but it automatically is like, oh no, I don't want to look at that. Oh no. So like the fact that you say, go take a minute and sit and see if it resonates all oh, that's tarot. Mm -hmm. Cause it's gonna, it's gonna upset you. <laughs> like if you don't call me when you're learning to read at least twice saying it hurts your feelings, I don't know what you're Are doing. Are you really reading tarot? <laughs> so what I was, what I feel is that when people come to me and you get an hour reading, you're also going to get instruction on how to read. I also teach, I teach classes at Psych and Soul for Tarot. Um, I do, I'm other, learning to do other things so that I can teach other things as mm -hmm. well. Um, but at the same token, you know, these cards are not, I mean, they're not for fun. <laughs> they're fun to do. You better be prepared to level up. Absolutely. Yeah. I uh, I can't think of any better way to say it than kind of that little dick punching sentence that you used. <laughs> like, you better be prepared to level up. You're absolutely right. And I've had plenty of times. I've been reading cards for about four years um, out in public. I do not do shows. I just, like, my friends that know I read, read. They call me. They say I need a reading from you. And even before the tarot, it was just, I need to have a conversation with you, mm -hmm. you know? So, yes. I mean, I think I was just led into like tarot helps me identify like people through the phone. Um, but I put it down multiple times too, when I would go to it and I felt nothing for it at the time. I was like, I thought that I was supposed to go to my deck, but I was supposed to go sit down and just <laughs> breathe. Right. Um, cause there's a, I mean, spiritual bypassing is a big thing and we'll talk about it more, but you can use your own divination tools to mm -hmm. bypass your own shadow work, your own meditation. Um, and I speak from a hundred percent like beginner, like I'm just like, oh, this makes me feel good. That doesn't tricking mm -hmm. your brain chemicals. 
So, I mean. As far as reading for myself goes, I would say now at home, I, I don't for myself as often. It'll be once a month. I'll put a reading on me because now the readings, it's just so letting other people see mm-hmm. that when I'm at home, like you said, I mean, it's not that I put them down. It's just, I, I sit, I feel, I meditate. I Yeah, it's sorry. a level up. That's yes. what I think it is. It's a level up. Well, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing. I mean, not only just your tarot knowledge, but all of the stories beforehand. Um, yes. They're not, it's not easy coming into who you're supposed to be. I think that's what I want everybody to get from at the end of the stories is like, yeah, everybody has a purpose, has a mission. You're here for 10 times more than nine to five. Um, but it still is a struggle, like finding your purpose and living it and then even coming out into the light with it. Like we said, we came out of the closet (laughs) in uh, very powerful ways. So um, again, like I'm glad that you felt safe enough to come and tell these stories. Well, thank you for having me on. I love you to pieces and you're welcome back. Oh, anytime. Yay. Anytime. <laughs> you come on and teach us all all your mastery, your spiritual doctorate, you <laughs> you'd spiritual badass. You come over here whenever you want. I look I think forward to it. I can't wait. On to my favorite part. So today I picked a Kaleo track called Way Down We Go. I saw it live in the Midland and KC with uh, my concert family. Um, Just keep in mind that I do need you to go over to Vitality Exposed Instagram because she is my bestie, front row, photographing all of the concerts that we want to be at. So if you could just go over there and really submerse yourself in her page, I would love it. She is my favorite sponsor, she is my music sponsor, and she is my soul sister. And she is bringing you Kaleo, Way Down We Go, live. This is the Hoosier Media Network, the best in podcasting.